Welcome to The Healing Art. We're here today with Eliana Miranda, founder of Wellness Weaver and lovingly intuitive guide and healer. She's here today to give us a better understanding of the fascinating system of human design and how this mix of ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science can lead us in living in alignment with the natural flow of our energy. Similar to an energetic blueprint, the system breaks down your communication style, your methods of intuition, the way you process information, and the way you make decisions in your life. Human design offers a framework for self-discovery and empowers us with strategy and authority to help you live more authentically and in harmony with your own uniquely and masterfully created design. We're so glad you're here with us for this one. Let's get started. Eliana, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to learn about human design because Chelsea and I dabble in it, but we do not have the vast knowledge that you have. And so we are so excited to hear about this. But before we do, do you mind just sharing a little bit about your story and kind of what took you into the human design world and what kind of led you down this path? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here talking with two projectors. Um, my story is definitely multidimensional. I got like invited into human design about five years ago and it was one of those things where I like brushed the surface as I think we all do like learned about my type that I was a projector and authority and things like that but then like had to put it aside because I was like this is just so deep and there's so much here. And then over the past couple years it was like okay now it's time to like peel back more layers and understand more and I think like most projectors I just dove in so hard like everything that it excites me and inspires me I'm like let me do all of the research let me find like all of the free wisdom I can find on the interwebs and just like download this whole system into my field and so that's kind of how I've gotten to where I am now and I always like to say like I'm not certified in human design readings like I've never done a professional training with like the human designs, Jovian archives. Like I've, I've never gone into that kind of like quote unquote professional realm with it, but like I'm an avid student and studier of this system. I have a book, but most of my research has come from like online and then like living it in my life and seeing how it plays out in my life and looking up the charts of all the people in my life. So I can be like very clear about like how the dynamics of the charts like really play out in the real world and with real people. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into human design, but I also feel like my work is like a lot more than that. Like I'm, I'm mostly when I'm working with people, yes, I'll do readings and I'll weave in human design, but I weave in human design to really connect people with their soul blueprint. So like to connect people with their spiritual guidance team and to like find the like cosmology that lives inside of them and the, the planets that are their teachers and how they're here to like be interpreters of like who they are from an energetic level and I loved human design because it really speaks to the energetics of like our body and our life and how we exchange energy with others. And for like the last like 15 years, I've been studying energy mechanics and energy medicine and the energy body. And like the energy is like what kind of got me into everything I've ever done. Like yoga teacher training was because of the energy body system. Um, doing all, I've done like a lot of different energy medicine, actual trainings like chronic healing and light work. And I'm a Reiki master. I love breath works. I like to take people on breath work journeys. 
Um, I love psychedelics and I find breath work to be like the sober psychedelic, you know? And so I've like found that to be like a really kind of freeing aspect of getting to that space without having to interrelate with substances. So yeah, I feel like I'm just like, you know, my, my name in Instagram, my business name is wellness weaver. And I'm just like weaving a lot of different threads of wellness and that comes in like all shapes and sizes and all kind of different dimensions of practice. But human design has just been something I've really landed on. I feel like in the last two years and a lot of it is because I'm like projectors need more projectors speaking to them. Like there's so much out there that's from generators and manifestors and I, I could never really like fully land with those teachings. I was like, I need to hear it from a projector's mouth. Like how are the projectors living and doing their life? So yeah, it's been like this kind of call, like let's talk to the projectors and the energy weavers and the, the guides of this lifetime and like make sure everybody knows how important they are. We know how important we are and like our role here on this planet and how we're supposed to like show up and teach and like lead all of humanity really into like a new world, a new paradigm of living. So that's, that's that, me in a lot of words. <laughs> thank you so much. That was so like, that was a great, very concise story. And it definitely paints a picture of like your background of spending a lot of time in this kind of healing world. That's kind of like what's considered to be kind of an alternative way of living a healthy life, even though really it's been around for many, 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 many years, hundreds and thousands of years. Um, do you mind sharing for those who don't know, which is I would guess most people, since it's not very widely talked about, um, what exactly is human design? Um, what are the major types of human design? Like what how would people understand like what is going on here? Yeah. So human design, I like to for like people that have know nothing about it, I like to say it's kind of like astrology where you enter in your birth information and you get a chart that's pulled up. And human design actually is astrology. It weaves together um, astrological system, Kabbalistic mysticism, and like the tree of life that comes from Kabbalah, the I Ching, and the chakra system. So it's it's the system that came through to um, a man named Ra Uruhu uh, back in like 1989, I think. He had like a mystical experience where over a period of, I believe it was eight days, he was just given the system by what he calls the voice. And the voice kind of, I like to say downloaded or channeled the system to him, though uh, some other people would say like it wasn't like a pretty little download. It was like he was getting a cellular upgrade with the system kind of being forced into his body. And then he spent the remainder of his life. He passed away back in like 2013, something along those lines. But the remainder of his life, like giving the system and teaching the system and sharing the system with others. So it's, it's a grandiose experiment basically and the idea is that like it really is here to help us experiment with life and the the baseline premise is that when we're working with human design and working with our strategy and authority we're able to decondition from societal structures from the way things have been done in the past from the way things were kind of not working on planet earth and come into our own natural flow of energy our, our own excitement our own um, like life force, basically, like accessing more of our life force for things that we actually want to do, that we're actually interested in, that we're actually excited about doing, that we're invited into doing. And so the whole thing is this, like, they say it's like a seven-year experiment to, like, decondition um, from basically everything we've been conditioned to in, like, the first half of our lives. I like to think it's, like, seven years you, like, peel off one of the first layers of deconditioning, and then we're kind of just working through this for the rest of our lives. 
So there's like a lot here because it's also like in this process of like deconditioning ourselves, we're actually moving from a seven centered energy body into a nine centered energy body, which means that our energy body is actually having more space to hold life force inside of us. We have more centers to hold the energy of life inside of our own aura. So we're, we're, it, we're like, I call us bridge workers, like especially projectors, bridge workers, because we're kind of like the ones that are here to guide the energy into that paradigm. But I like to think of like the whole system is like this bridge to that next lifetime and to that next experience. Cause it's like, if we enter into the grand experiment of human design, we're basically like inviting ourselves to come back into our authentic energy and our authentic way of being and show up into the world as who we truly are. And not just how like society tried to inundate and like program us to be like them or like others. <laughs> is that a good? That was perfect. Intro? Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> Okay. So if somebody goes and they were to get and then like go and get their human design chart, right? And they're looking at like all these words and types and authorities and strategies and this and that. And it's like, what do I do with this? Could you help kind of break down like what does like some of the like the verbiage mean? Like what would a type be? Like what are the types and what do those type of kind of gravitate towards? Yeah. So when you pull up your chart, it's like a little kind of body graph of like a little human body. And then there's all these shapes that are in the center of it. And then usually on one side, it will say your type, your authority, your profile line, if what definition you are. Sometimes it'll say your environments. There's lots of different kinds of like coding that you get with it. So the first thing and like the most important thing to learn about your human design is your type. That's going to be at the top of the chart there. And the type is based off of the chart. It's based off of the way that certain things are lit up in the like different shapes that are inside. So the different shapes inside of the chart are the centers, the nine centers that I was referring to before. And then there's little lines that connect those centers and those are called the channels. And when those are lit up, basically you have that energy defined. So when they're colored in, you have that energy defined. You you are born with that energy in your body. When those channels are lit up, you have that channel defined, meaning that you can channel and move energy between these two different points. And so when you are reading your type, like for, you know, beginners, like you can just read your type and none of this like specificities, I don't know, none of these details will really matter. That word, words. (laughs) Words are hard. They're hard. Words are hard. There it is. (laughs) There we go. Um, And so like the types are basically how the energy is moving through your body graph and so like projectors we have an undefined sacral so that's like the second to lowest uh shape on the chart and we don't have any motor centers connected to our throat then you'll have the manifester and the manifester also has an undefined sacral but they have a motor connected to their throat many jennies have a defined sacral and a motor also connected to their throat. Generators just have a divine sa- defined sacral, nothing connected to their throat. And then reflectors are completely open charts. So they're the charts that you see where there's none of those shapes filled in. So that's that's really important. The types are really important because you want to know how your energy is running in your aura because that also shows you how your energy is like interfacing with the people around you. So how we, even though we're not in the same like physical room together, how our auras are connecting is the projector is penetrating and absorbing so we literally like our auras move into the g center which is kind of like the solar plexus area of the other person we read the energy we absorb it back into our own aura and we like 
compute it and download it and get like a stream of consciousness that comes from like reading and understanding who the other is. So it's interesting with projectors because we're all like, we have these very like focused auras. We're like focusing in on each other and we can only focus in on one person at a time. So I'm like, I'm excited to see, you know, it's like your podcast is like a beautiful experiment in that, right? Because you're both like focusing on and on guests, right? But then each other and you're having to kind of like pull out and then push in and pull out and push in. And it's a lot of work energetically. Like we're doing a lot as projectors that other types cannot probably understand because it's not seen by most people. So you have the types, you have these five different types and they're all, they, they classify them into like energy beings and non-energy beings, generators, manifesting generators, and technically manifestors are energy beings, though they don't have a defined sacral. And then like the projectors and reflectors are these non-energy beings where we like have to kind of resource energy from others, from the world around us, from our invitations. And then underneath that, you'll have your authority and your authority, like in like our language, I would say is like your intuition. It's basically like how you get an answer if like something is right for you or something is wrong for you. And so like my authority is a splenic authority, which means I get an immediate knowing in my body and it's quick and it's pretty quiet. And if I don't catch it, my mind will take over and my mind will come up with usually a different answer. I know you, Allison, I think had, get tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but I think you were um, the mental, you're a mental projector, right? And then Chelsea, you're an emotional authority. So mm-hmm. the mental projector, Allison was talking about this at the beginning is like you're the only one with an external authority. You and reflectors are the only one with an external authority, which probably doesn't make sense because the whole system is like we're moving from being subject to external authority and trying to find the authority within ourselves. But it's really like for you, your authority and finding your intuition is just about being in the right environment and like finding an environment that is adaptable to who you are not that you're having to adapt to other people or to the world around you it's like finding a place that like encourages you and inspires you and makes you feel really good inside and then also it can be helpful to have really good trusted friends I'm sure like Chelsea is or like any of the people in your close circle where you can kind of soundboard off of and not to hear Chelsea's advice or anyone else's advice but to like hear your own intuition coming from within your voice coming from within you but that's the external authority. It's like not coming from anyone else. It's still coming from inside of you, but it's you putting your intuition into the environment and then hearing and receiving that information from the environment itself through you. Mm-hmm. And then with Chelsea's authority, it's like you're an emotional wave. So it's like, you got to ride the wave. You know, it's like, I know I have a couple of good emotional authority friends that they're like, ah, the waves, they just keep riding. And you'll likely never find like the, ultimate clarity of answers but it's more about just becoming comfortable with like how your emotions work themselves out and like finding that place where it's like you know the the water is always kind of moving right the ocean is always moving but there's a point where like the water gets a little bit steadier and there's a little bit more clarity there and it's those moments where you're like okay I rode the waves I surfed like I went on that ride and like I either still feel this way or I feel differently now and it's like that kind of end result where you find your your answer your yes your no So then as you go down through the authority and then you go into definition, definition is like, definition is probably not one that's going to be super interesting to people. But what I will say is like, we're all single definitions. And so the definition is basically like how your defined centers are connected or not connected to each other. So the three of us are single definitions, which means that like all of our defined centers have a channel. So those little lines that go through 
has at least one channel that's fully connected to the other defined channel. And that means for us, even though like, Allison, you have an external authority, even though, um, I'll get to this in a moment, but like Chelsea, you have a four in your personality line that connects you with your network. Like we're actually meant to like live our purpose on our own. We technically like don't need anybody else to fulfill our purpose. Like we have this kind of ultimate connection between our centers that allow our, our energy, our defined energy to be like in constant flow without somebody else completing that channel for us. And then you have your personality lines. And that's like, I like to think of those as like an invitation. Um, it's like a way that you can play out your life. And like, you'll likely find other people with your same personality line that feel a lot like you. So like, even if a manifesting generator had the same personality line as me, like I might feel way more similar to them than maybe to one of you, because we have different personality lines. Um, but it's just like, we run our energy the same, but the personality line is kind of how we like show ourselves to the world. So like, Chelsea, you're a four, six, which means like, you're the regal authority figure. You're consciously kind of aware that you need a close network of people. And like, I, I kind of loved it because I was like, okay, Chelsea reached out to me for this podcast. Like Chelsea brought me in and I don't know if that's how it always works out, but it's like, you have this kind of network where you like weave people into the field and then like your six or unconscious <laughs> six, like go through these cycles. Yeah. And then Allison, you're like an authority figure. Like you're actually meant to like be giving um, like advice to people and like it's it's kind of like this like ultimate projector coding where it's like you have this way of consciously like people are coming to you for advice and you're here to like really give and offer very like tangible and like not advice that's like out of your out of your zone like you're meant to really say in what you already know and like not be giving advice on things that you are like unsure of or just learning like you really want to like not ruin your reputation you want to like only talk and speak about the things that you you know to be true for yourself. This is incredible. This nodding. is like, yeah. <laughs> I know. So like, we, I always joke that like, Chelsea's like, like I do a decent amount of the talking with the guests, but Chelsea brings everybody in almost like almost. She just has this gutsiness about her. She's like, oh yeah, we got so-and-so. I was like, how do you even know this person? I liked one of their posts. What, how is that <laughs> enough to just tell somebody they should be on our podcast? Like what? And like, it's just like this gutsiness that she has that I'm just like, no, I need to have all the information first before I'm making this decision. And it's so interesting when you talk about the, the no authority, because I have, um, I was feeling this sense of like, I'm just like waving in the wind. I have nothing anchoring me here. Like, like I just, I can't make any decisions by myself. I have to go to all these other people. Like it sounds very like um, defeatist almost. I didn't like it. And I feel like there's a lot of like in self-discovery, like finding that, like learning how to find that inner like intuition and trusting your gut and stuff. And I was like, well, I have no gut apparently, but my go-to my entire life has been finding a group of people that I trust and asking them their opinion on something and taking what I like and kind of letting go of what I don't and then asking the next person and then asking them. And as I, as I get enough perspectives, then it starts to formulate a vision in my mind that I'm like, okay, this is something that I, I want to do, or this is something that I'm not interested in doing. And so it's so interesting because now it feels like I don't have to feel like I'm lesser than because I don't have that natural instinct. You know, because that was something that was a story I was telling myself is like, I should just know I should, everybody else just has this instinct of what's right for them. And I don't like I feel like I have to ask all these questions first. But it's like, well, no, that's that's what my design type is. And I'm actually serving myself well by 
asking the questions and developing that close network of people. So it's that like all the things that you're saying here, I was like, yep, 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 yep. (laughs) Oh yeah. She's telling you and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. That's Allison. That's absolutely her. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I love about human design because it's like, yeah, the natural way that you've just already been is like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to be. Like you don't need to be anything else you don't need to have that intuitive hit what you do need is your close circle that like you can like bounce ideas off of and like hear yourself through their perspective you know it's like yeah you're doing it right like human design is always just like yes you're doing it right yeah well and I think it gives you that leeway to like recognize like I think anybody who's on their personal growth journey you know they're they're looking well I guess I shouldn't say everybody because I'm just projecting my own vision on this but I would assume (laughs) that most people are like looking for advice from other people that they admire like oh I really like how they've been able to do this I wonder what they did right and so I think the cool thing about human design is being able to recognize if you're trying a tactic that's not working well for you it probably doesn't align with your energy and it doesn't mean it's a bad tactic it just means it's not the right one for you and that it's okay to say hey you know what this isn't my path I, th- I think there's a different way that I can get to my goal by following a different path, which kind of gives you that little bit of, that little bit of like, I'm not screwed. There's other options. And this exactly. one didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, what's natural to you is actually the right way to be. Whereas like society is always like, do it my way, do it this way. You're going to grow up and do things the way we used to do it. And it's like, but I don't resonate with that. Like, why am I? So it's like we're you're you're clearing the programming for like all of Earth by just like owning and recognizing <laughs> that and accepting that about yourself. Thank you. Well, it was funny because Chelsea and I listened to um, we have a lot of podcasts that we listen to, but there's one that particular that we listen to, and we like this guy's podcast a lot. He has a lot of great guests on there, a lot of great ways to kind of open up your mind and see the world differently. And he has a book that's out, and I finally got the book from my library, and I was so excited about it. And as I'm listening to this book, I'm like wow, I am so glad that I've done some of the work on human design because if I hadn't, I would think I needed to do these things to get to where I want to go. And this book is very much written for generators. Like it's a very like, do it, do it, do it, do it more, do it more, do it more. And I'm just like, that just feels like it would suck the soul out of me. I would have like a total like half-ass job on everything. I would not be present in anybody's lives. Like none of this sounds like it would serve anybody for me. And as I'm kind of sharing some of this with my husband, who's a manifesting generator, he was like, this is a book that I need. And I'm like, absolutely. This is a perfect book for you. Perfect book for you. Doesn't work for me. If I would have read this, you know, three to five years ago, I would have run myself into the ground and tell myself all the self-hate stories if I'm not good enough, if I just worked harder, I could do this better, like all that kind of stuff. So it's just, I think that the cool thing about human design is understanding when something doesn't really resonate with you, it doesn't mean that something wrong with you. It just means that message isn't delivered in a way that's going to work for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love to say like, you know, human design is such a great tool. And like, also we find human design when we've gotten to a point in our journey where we've done enough of the deconditioning from the external authority figures where we're not like giving all our power away to human design either. Because like, I've seen people do that too, where it's like, they find out they're not a generator or they find out they're not a projector and they like feel so poorly about themselves afterwards, you know? And it's like, what's really actually important is that we're 
we're remembering that like human design is something that like our souls gave us, you know, it's like, okay, you've gotten to a point on the path where you're no longer like putting all of your faith into something that is outside of you. You're instead realizing that like what this is, is something that has been like manifested from your internal reservoir of self-knowing where you've come to like be able to communicate more of like your consciousness into the system, right. That now can be reflected back to you. So it's like, I love to hear you say that too, because it's just like, human design came to both of you came to me at a time in our lives when it was like, we're not going to give our power away to this system either, but we are going to use the system to like help re-empower ourselves from our internal knowing and like recognizing that we've already had the answers all along. We just needed to have permission basically to know that they were correct for us. Right. Can you talk a little about the personality types, like the numbers? Yeah. Cause I think that's really interesting stuff. <laughs> I also find it really fascinating and like I love this metaphor it really kind of helps put something that like like I I didn't fully grasp the personality lines until I saw this metaphor and this was from the the book of human the book of differentiation which is by Linda Bunnell or Burel and it was like Ra Uruhu um like signed off on it basically so it feels like it's really connected to him but they basically describe the personality lines as a house and line one is the foundation of the home. So Allison, you have your unconscious, um, the unconscious part of your personality line is your one, which means that your body needs the foundation. You need to like be kind of going through different trials and errors to, to learn basically about how to create strong foundations and strong um, platforms underneath you. So you're kind of like digging into things and like being like, nope, this is like a false foundation, like digging into something else. Nope, this like, I can't actually build my home on this. And you're finding the things where they actually are sturdy for all of us to kind of grow from and stand from. And maybe you're conscious of this, you're nodding your head like you are, but also it's like, this is built into your body. So this is what your body really needs to be able to be a five and to be able to like give your advice and like be a, a guide for others in the world. And then line two is the like first level of the home. And it's basically line two is like, it's the person sitting inside of their living room, just like working on their craft and doing their thing. And people are like walking by the windows, like peeking in, like wanting to know what the line two is doing. But the line two like doesn't even realize that there's anybody outside. So like I'm a line two and I really feel that I'm like, I just sit like at my altar in my house all day. And I don't really know how to describe to people what I do, but I can be in here doing work for like five hours. And then like, you know, it's like, eventually it'll get like translated, but it's usually like, there are no words. I'm just like doing what comes naturally. I'm playing with energy. So that's the line too. They're like the ones like on the first floor that are like kind of tinkering away at their craft. And then like people are seeing them and like curious about what's naturally coming to them. The line three is the spiral staircase that rises from the first floor of the house to the second floor of the house. And so the first floor of the house is like the self-contained personality lines. Like they're the ones that are like, that's like your kind of individual path, your individual goals. Whereas when we get to the higher numbers, those are like the numbers, the lines that like need to be interfacing with other people to kind of complete their process. So line three is the, the staircase that's going up. And the idea with line three is like, you take a couple of stairs and then you kind of fall back down and you take a couple of stairs and you fall back down. And the line threes are like learning through trial and error. So they're like, they're going to be bumping up a lot of kind of trials and tribulations in their life to like learn how to do things and how not to do things so that they can be kind of like a embodied beacon of a better way for others that don't have to like run up and fall down the stairs a bunch of times to get to know how to walk upstairs. 
So the line three kind of moves up into the second floor. Did you have something to say about that? I was going to say, I cannot remember my children's designs, but I can almost guarantee that one of mine is a three. <laughs> and I think Chelsea know which one. <laughs> yeah. I can, uh, everything, everything this child does is, it's like, can you please try, just try one time to learn from somebody else's mistakes? Please, one time, ever. Never going to happen. Never going to nope. happen. They have to do it themselves. They have to fail themselves and make their own alterations and very much that whole, um, what whoever it was, was it Edison, who was like, I didn't fail 10,000 times making a light bulb. I found 10,000 different ways not to make a light bulb or whatever it is. I butchered that. Mm -hmm. Apologies to my husband. I know that quote was in National Treasure, one of his favorite movies. I should do better. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. But, yes. Sorry, Ryan. That is how this particular – sorry, Ryan. That's how this particular child is, is they will do everything themselves and never learn from another person. And they're just like, please, just one time. Please, one time, just watch somebody else and not do the same stupid thing. But, anyway, I interrupted. Go ahead. Number four. <laughs> No, it's okay. And this is like, like, I love the parents that are learning about human design for their kids too. Cause it's like, if our parents would have known these things about us when we were younger, they could have like allowed, like now that you can become aware of this, you can be like, Oh, like that his process, him going through that is doing that for like the world. Like he's doing a service for the world by being the one that does the trial and error himself so that we can all learn from them, you know? So it's like, I, I just love like parents that are getting to like learn this about their kids. Cause it's like, Oh, cool. Like we can, recognize that like that's actually natural you know like that's natural for them of course i'm gonna I'm choose to parent, believe it so. your way yeah. um, <laughs> instead of my way which is that they're just like a stubborn bull and not listening <laughs> as i was gonna say like i'm not a parent so i can't like fully be like just let him do his thing just let him learn the hard way you know it's like you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> mm -hmm. oh man uh, so number four so, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so the line four is the second story of the home, and it's the foundation of the second story. So like I said, like the first three are like kind of a personal processing, and then the four, five, six are like processing with other people. So line four is kind of this, again, like stable foundation, but it's a stable foundation for a network and a group of people. So Chelsea, I know that you have a four in your profile. I also have a four in my profile, and like we're like a foundation for like other people to come hang out. So we have like this tight network. We have this, we're not really meant to like interface with a lot of strangers. We're meant to like become friends, like authentic, real friends with people and build our relationships from there. And that's not to say that we won't talk to strangers, that we won't have a connection with people in the outside world. It's just that we don't necessarily, we're not meant to influence people that are not in our close network. Like they have to become our friend and really get to know us for us to then like have an influence on them or have some sort of like, connection right like us projectors it's like okay we've already got a foundation there of like a network that we can build upon yep. so that's a four it's like the second story yep. and then like um and then the line five is so they all kind of parallel each other like line four is like the kind of opposing pole of line one line five is the opposing pole of line two so line five is also like the upstairs bedroom that like there's a window there. But instead of like the two where people are looking in on the two, the five is like looking out through the window at the world and like able to kind of project their own ideas and opinions onto people that are outside. Whereas the two, we get projected upon. People are like, oh, what are you doing in there? This is what I think you're doing in there. I'm going to project upon you my idea of like what it is I think you are the five is able to kind of project out into the world. And that's why it's like the five is like a kind of a really good like guy leadership role, no matter what type you are, because like they're able to like 
peer out the window, see what's going on. And like, you know, it's second story. It's like people can't really see into the second story bedroom if they're on the, the ground floor, right? If they're on the street. But they could see if someone's standing at the window looking out, you know, like they could hear them if they're like calling out and letting people know things through the window and like telling them what's up with the world. So the five. Heal your like, childhood trauma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just going to drop that out the window real quick. Yeah. Just like, yeah, put a little line so people can like take little notes from it. Um, yeah. So the five is like projecting outwards. And then the six is really interesting. Chelsea, I know you have a six in your profile. Um because the six has three stages of life. And so for the first part of the six's life, you're operating as a line three. So between the years of ages being born and 30 around your Saturn return, you're bumping into things, you're trial and erroring things, you're trying and testing things out. And then after your Saturn return, you move into a stage which is called getting on the roof. And that's between Saturn return and your Chiron return at age 50, where you're basically like, kind of stepping back from society and like observing what's going on. It's like from the roof, you can not only just see the street in front of you like a five, but you can actually see like all of the houses around there. So you're, it's like, it's kind of like the master level line basically where we're all kind of going towards and where you're kind of like helping the lines below you kind of reach up and get towards. So you're, you're on the roof, you're observing, you're kind of getting to know the world, you're becoming very wise. And then it's said after your Chiron return at age 50, you get called off the roof. And that means like people in, since you're, you have a four, people in your close network are going to start calling you down for bigger opportunities to share what you can see from that perspective, to share the wisdom that you've gained from like taking a bit of a step back and just being like an observer to the world. So, and then of course, like all of the lines like meet up and like have their um, connections, you know, like if you're a one, three or a two, four, or five, one, four, six, like they all have their ways of interfacing, but basically it's just that the first line is what you're conscious of, like what your, it's called your personality crystal was built on. So it's like the thing that like your, I, I don't want to say ego because ego has like such a bad connotation. I love my ego personally, but like it's the the thing that you think that you are, like mm -hmm. not always necessarily yeah. true. And then your unconscious is like your body, which is just like built into the body's need to do things. And you're not always fully aware of that side of yourself, but it's like, it's still half of the show because it's like your unconscious, right? Like how the shadow like runs a lot of things behind the scenes that we don't necessarily know, like, why is this happening? Well, we can look usually at our unconscious line and be like, oh, because like my body needs more networking or, you know, like this part of me needs more foundation, like for you all. So I'm like, I need to be building a stronger foundation for this. So that's so interesting that you say it that way, because I had a big uh, business shift about a year ago. And one of the things that I kind of gathered from that was like my biggest, the biggest thing that led to this is that I did not have a foundation in place to, to build what I had built mm -hmm. and I needed to, so like this whole last year has been, I'm going to have, I, I want to learn how to have a more stable foundation. I want to be more aware of this component, this component, and this component so that I can build everything up in a way that it will stabilize and then I can continue to build on to that. So when you're like, you feel more comfortable with a strong foundation, I'm like, yes, 100% <laughs> is I'm always like searching for that, like as long as I have a plan and a plan that I know is going to work for a long period of time and can be built upon, that feels very safe. Yeah, beautiful. This stuff's so interesting. Right, it's so fascinating. 
<laughs> so can you talk to me a little bit about because um, I know you can't go through all of them because there's like a billion of them, but the crosses, like what even let's like what's a general what's the cross situation? So the incarnation crosses are your purpose for this lifetime. But what I find really interesting about the crosses is that Ra Uruhu basically said like he he did not want to teach on the crosses at all because he said that the incarnation cross is is it's built within us. It's the purpose that lives within us. And we become the incarnation crosses when we are living by our strategy and authority based on our type. So for a while, he's like, I don't even want to tell people this because everyone, like I'm, I, I was like, I got to go. I need to know all the details about my incarnation cross. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way because we're like, what's my purpose? But he's like, that happens naturally when you're following your strategy and authority. So his big thing was like, we need to make sure people are so well-versed in their strategy and authority, which like for those that are listening, your strategy project for, for projectors is following in being waited to be invited <laughs> for the generators. It's waiting to respond for the reflectors. It's waiting for the cycle of the moon and for a manifestor it's to inform. So he was saying like, we have to follow our, our strategy and then we have to be very aware of our authority, which was like the intuition we were talking about before and when we're doing that, when we're mapping our whole life through that, we naturally become our incarnation crosses. It's not something we need to strive to be. We just need to decondition enough from what we're not so that we can become what the incarnation cross is telling us. So I think there's like 64 different types of incarnation crosses. And basically it's a combination of your conscious sun and conscious earth. So this is like where the sun and the earth were when you were born in the cosmology and the constellations and your unconscious sun and unconscious earth which if you pull up your chart on most websites those are the numbers that are alongside the body graph on either side you'll see like the planetary symbols and then you'll see a bunch of numbers on them and so it's the first two numbers on the right are your first conscious sun and then your conscious earth and the first two numbers on the left are your unconscious sun and unconscious earth and that's what we were talking about before with the personality lines. Like you have this part of yourself that's your personality crystal. So it's like your, like what you think you are, what you know you are, what your personality believes that you are. And then you have on the other side, the unconscious part, which is built into your design crystal. And your design crystal is what's living in the body. And like, this is not really on the incarnation cross topic, but I found it so interesting that the way they describe this is like your personality crystal, your ego, the person like that you think you are, the mind is like a passenger in a car. And and the mind is meant to just sit in the back seat, observe things that are going through the window, have thoughts about it, have ideas about it, but that that's not meant to drive the car. And what's driving the car is one, it's your design crystal. Your design crystal is the car. So the, these are like this is, it can go so deep, but the design crystal was like implanted in you like three months, I think before you were born, your personality crystal gets put in like right before you're born and they get put into the to different parts of your centers in your chart. And so the design crystal is the vehicle, which is our bodies. And the vehicle is tr transporting you to where you're meant to go. And then there's the ma magnetic monopole which is the energy that holds the personality crystal and the design crystal together in your body. And the magnetic monopole is like the GPS system that the car is programmed to go on. So it's like the mind's not supposed to give directions. The mind is not supposed to drive the car. The mind's supposed to just be like an observer, take it in, 
get to know like where the soul planned for this life to go. The body is what gets you there. The body might need maintenance. The body might need, you know, gas put into it. The body might need some extra things to like make sure that you're going in the right direction. It has an important part in where you're going, but it's this magnetic monopole that just has the codes of your soul's destiny. And like they say in the book, it's like the trams, you know, that like are on the tracks where it's just like they only have one way that they can go. And the magnetic monopole is that where it's like, it's going to take you there, like whether you want to or not. But if the driver's always trying to, or sorry, the passenger's always trying to jump into the front seat and drive the car, it's going to like mess with the whole mainframe, right? So it's like, we're trying to get our personality to just sit in the back seat, observe what's going on, become more of itself by being the observer of life and just let this like beacon inside of us, like guide us where we're meant to go. So, so there's like, that's the two sides of your chart that you're seeing. And then those weave together into your incarnation cross as these two kind of different parts of yourself that become this whole thing. And like the, the people that are certified with Jovian archives, like they can, they can like give you a real incarnation cross explanation. I've only ever like looked up my incarnation cross online, gotten like a little paragraph of it. And then the gene keys are, if you want to go deeper, it's, it's a system that's separate from human design, but it like continues off of it. I don't know. Have you guys heard of the gene keys? No. no. Listen. It's a whole other rabbit hole to go down, but the gene keys like break down every single one of the, um, like the channels that are in the body graph. So all those little numbers that you see in the, the centers, like those are technically connected to our DNA. And they're technically like these parts of ourselves that are like, you know, physically interwoven through these like DNA strands in our body. And so the gene keys are like talking about these as different genes in our body. And some of them are activated and kind of like running the show based again on your constellation of when you were born. And some of them, you know, don't have like as big of a say in the game, though we have all of them in our body, right? We have like all of the genes in our body and like certain transits highlight them and make them active for certain times. But the gene keys is like a whole other thing you can go down because there it's like they break down every single one of like the gates and they break down every single one of the into like paragraphs. I have like a whole book on it. And so you can really get to know like, oh, this is what my conscious son is about. Like, oh, my conscious son is like this part that's like my, it's like the purpose, right? It's like what like people will see me as how I'll grow into like the person I'm meant to be. But this is my earth. This is what keeps me grounded, like in the present moment and able to like hold space for the bigness of my process and my journey. And then the gene keys like take you on this journey. And I swear when I did it, there's it's a little different than human design, but I swear when I went on, it's like a circle and you go on this like pathway, my whole body like freaked out. I like, I, I have an autoimmune disease that came out of remission. I was like, what's going on? And I had like kind of stopped in the middle of the journey. And I was like, oh, I need to finish. Like I need to complete the journey because it says in the book, like we're, we're speaking to your genes and we're, we're calibrating you back to like your original imprint. So I'd like stopped at a certain point and I was like, all right, I'm going to finish it. Once I finished it through my practice and through like breath work and all these other things, like pieces started to come in together. We're like on the other side, like I feel healthier than I did before my disease came out of remission. So it's like really powerful. And I like wanted to just drop that in because it's like, if you go on, the gene key journey just know like it's really doing something structurally inside of you read the whole book yeah exactly make sure you go on the whole pathway that's really cool because we talk a lot in here about how you know chelsea's background as a nurse my background as a physical therapist like we kind of grew up in this western medical society where it's kind of um just the, the idea is that 
you know, you need to rely on a provider to fix you. And medications and surgeries are the only way that we can deal with diseases, you know, and that the other things can, can be helpful, but it's not gonna, not gonna be what's gonna get rid of the disease. Um, so it's really interesting and awesome to hear that there's, there's alternative ways that have probably been around for a long time that don't involve chemicals, don't involve cutting people open, and we can actually like heal our bodies in a way that is very, you know, autonomous, which is something that is not really purported very often in Western medical society. And I'm not saying there's not a space for Western medicine. I think there is. But I think what it does is it kind of helps put the Band-Aid on, help, and not just in a sense of like it's a temporary fix, but I mean, I think for a lot of people, we need a lot of Band-Aids at first in order to free up the mental space to recognize that a change can happen, that you can come out of this without being dependent on other people. Um, Chelsea always says, I'm kind of like the springboard of like the starting process where it's like, hey, let's kind of get you back into feeling within your body. Let's get your body willing to move again and willing to trust that you can move again. And then we could start building on that pathway. But to hear that like, yeah, you can like change these things further better and like put things that I've been told are a disease and put them into remission is pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I really like, I also have a Western medicine background. I was diagnosed with my disease when I was 13. My dad's a physician. My mom was in Western medicine. So I was like plugged into that system very young. I got my master's in public health. Like that's where I came from. So I like, I'm so with you on all that. It's like, we need to be able to leave these systems together. And it's like, I was on 30 plus pills a day, giving myself shots in my legs, having like five hour infusions. And the doctors were like, you're never going to be able to get off these medicines. And like, here I am, like I followed my own path. I did my own healing work and I'm not on any of the medicines and I'm healthier than I've ever been. So it's like, we need that. We need the support from like these grounded scientific foundations. And it's like, can we open the door for some other inspiration to come through or at least for our bodies to guide us you know like I still go to the doctor but it's like when my body tells me to go to the doctor not just because like I feel like they're the only ones with the answers like you were saying like giving my authority away to somebody that read about my disease in a book but has never lived it inside of their own body Mm -hmm. so I actually have a question about that so you have parents who are heavily in the medical field and then you kind of had a very alternative way to healing from this. How did they receive that? Like, how was, how did that go? Oh, it was a journey. <laughs> My dad still to this day, like he, you know, he's grateful of how healthy I am. But like when my disease came out of remission, he's like, you need to go to the doctor. You need to get back on your medicine. Like he immediately went back to his fear around my body. And I was like, I trust my body, you know, like I know it's going through a process. I know I'm going through a process. And eventually if I have to get on medicine, I will, but like bear with me. And it's, it's actually really beautiful. Like he's come to really trust me over the years. And I think this shift really happened. Like my mother passed away unexpectedly in 2020. And I feel like before then there was not a lot of trust in me and what I was doing, but the way that I kind of showed up and held space for him and like, really like took care of him when she passed on it like showed him that like, I might not be doing things his way. And I might have like a very different approach to life and to business and to making money and all of these things. But like when times get hard, like who was the one that like was able to stay strong and hold it together for the family. And so it's like the last few years, it's like, 
he'll step into that fear zone a little bit and then he'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, I think, I think you know what you're doing. Like, maybe it's because he's getting older and he knows he's like nearing his end of life or he's like, I can't control you anymore. But uh, yeah, I feel like it's kind of broadened his horizons a little bit. And like, when I was just visiting him recently, he was like reading a research article. I think it was on like psilocybin and like the healing that they're doing with mushrooms. And I was just like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. You would never like ever trust me to talk to you about these things at all, but (laughs) science is backing it up so we can have a conversation about it. Yeah. Well, we were just, we were just talking about this uh, with a friend of ours about research and how so much in the Western medical society is about, you know, if it's not proven in research and it's like, here's the thing, just because as humans, we haven't figured out how to design technology that can test what is actually happening here doesn't mean that the thing is not working. You know, just because what we are testing is what we think is working, but that's not necessarily the mechanism that's working. So the research comes back and says, oh, that didn't work. Well, no, the thing that you tested for isn't the reason why this is happening. There could be something that we're not testing for, which is why this is actually happening. And so um, I think it's awesome that we're starting to get some research in some of these different areas. Um, But I also think that a lot of things are very possible and beneficial without research being the thing backing it you know yeah that was like most of my graduate program was research and that was like what I learned at the end I'm like oh we're just categorizing things and then like quantum physics says that like everything we look at is influenced by us just looking at it so I'm like I could see how all of the research we were doing was influenced by the the project managers and the people that were like inviting these types of research in but I'm I was like each person is an individual and each person is having an individual experience and we can't monitor you know like we can't quantify that like we can't like get into the depths of like the individuation and that's what I love human design is like human design is here to like individuate us and projectors are here to bring out the individuations and others and like that's why we're our guidance is so unique is like there can be generator guides there can be excuse me mg teachers but like they're teaching something that's kind of broad and fitting people into the broadness of it whereas we projectors are like finding the individual pathways for people to understand this inside of themselves and, and find their own like differentiated experience with it. And we're like revealing that to them. It's like, here's how unique you are. And like, this is why we need you. (laughs) Mic drop. Yes. Yeah. This is, I cannot believe we've gone so long already. Like I'm sitting here like, okay, (laughs) we need to have you back again. Cause like, I want to hear, I want to hear about how you and your siblings communicate. I think that sounds so interesting yeah. with all of you having very different spiritual backgrounds. I think that sounds awesome. I also, when you were at the very beginning talking about, you mentioned breath work is like the, the sober psychedelic. I want to hear more about that and how you're helping people with that. So we're definitely going to have to have you back if you're willing to come, because this has been super, super interesting. And I think you have so much more to share to really help people like, just really open up their minds and get a lot healthier. Um, But before we start talking about what we're going to talk about next time, um, I do want to ask you, let's say somebody is listening and they're like, you know what? I'm, I'm a little bit interested in this human design business, you know? Um, And they get their chart and they're just totally like, what do I do with this? What's your best recommendation for them to kind of figure out what to do? Is it to get a reading? Is it to work with a coach who specializes in this? Is it to just like do their own, you know, hyper-focused deep dive? Is there, you know, are there resources that you recommend? Yeah, I would say first, if you don't have 
the finances to pay for a reading or to get a coach or anything like that is like start with your strategy and authority and like those things are they're pretty simple though like of course they can go really deep but I would say like start experimenting with your strategy and authority in like small areas of your life so it can kind of reveal to you the magic of it so it's like we don't so with like projectors and invitations like we're waiting for invitations to like form long-term partnerships with people for jobs to move and to give advice to somebody but like we can like scale that down and like just like with our partner like wait to give our partners advice until they invite us for, to invite us in to like give them some explanations we can start like trying to track our authorities you know of like okay when is my body immediately speaking to me and can i listen to that for splenic authorities can i start like do I want this banana and like ride out an emotional wave for like two hours for you, Chelsea, and just see right. like what happens in those two hours and what changes for you, Allison. It's like, you know, can I test out different environments and see how my intuition speaks in the different environments that I'm in? So I would say like baseline, like because human design goes so deep is like work with your strategy and authority, like experiment with it, like literally let it be an experiment. Don't like, think that it's something you have to do or that like if you don't start doing it all with everything in one day that you're doing it wrong like experiment with playing with it in a little bit of time in your life and see what things start to change and then from there it's like if you want to go deeper like my human design I think is a great resource myhumandesign.com they have an app <clears throat> I think it's like a monthly payment to get like a whole chart read on there but I feel like if you're just starting out like getting your whole chart for $7.99 a month you know and like getting you, you can probably just pay for one month and get your whole chart read to you and like you know, whatever I support them I support her business um but yeah like it's an app and it'll just like explain your whole chart to you in a really simple way if you're a projector you know potentially if this is like a system you're meant to guide people through you're just going to want to start going and doing a bunch of research the projector movement has a bunch of really great articles on their website about the different authorities about um we all have the same strategy, but they have like really in-depth articles on the authorities for each projector. So I love their website too. But um, yeah, do your own research. And then of course, like if you're ready to go deeper, if you feel like you need some like real like person-to-person -person guidance, like hire a coach. I got from, there's a lady named Erin Claire Jones. She has right now a full course. You can learn how to be a, a guide for human design to like make blueprints and things, but you can also get your own uh, chart read in like a little 55 page or something booklet I think it was like a hundred dollars or something along those lines where it's like she just writes out a whole guidebook for your chart and like that I've been looking at for the last five years you know again and again it's like I, I learned something new every single time you can get the book the book of differentiation by Linda Bur Burnell Burrell like that's a, a good you can get the gene keys book if you want to go like far down that rabbit hole like I'm I'm really about like free resources and finding things that are cheap and doing the experiment on your own. And then like, if your body and your soul and your inner guidance is like, here's a coach, here's a guide, here's like a reader that like, I know I meant to receive some codes from then like, yeah, go for it. But like, don't think that anyone else is going to give you anything that you can't discover on your own. Although I will say if you're a mom and you work really long hours, getting a reading from someone so you don't have to do the research <laughs> like that's that's helpful you know it can save you a lot of time <laughs> right yeah. agreed I will say I um who was the one that you said who was the one that you said that that the 55 page book Erin Claire Jones does she have YouTube videos also I'm not sure 
She she okay. might. She has a she has a lot of really great information. A lot of resources. Okay, yeah. I found somebody who was on, and, it, and they mentioned having a thing like that too, like on their website. And I, I was like, I think I might it might be her, but I um. I definitely am more of like a YouTube video person on it because it's like I just like need to listen to it while I'm driving and like I if I sit there and I read it I'm like five lines and I'm like eh, and I'm asleep <laughs> like I get it's too dense the, yeah like the mental projector in you like I wonder if that's part of your authority is like you like need it in your environment you know and you can't just yeah. like sit and like be like interfacing with a piece of paper whereas I'm like I need the paper I need, <laughs> need it yeah right that's probably from. true yeah, that's brilliant that's probably exactly it's it. probably because I always say like I can read it after I've heard it. Like I need to hear it first. So it's like I don't do I don't do a ton of reading research. Um, I hear about it from other people and then I'm like, oh, okay, send me that. Like tell me about it. And they'll tell me about it and then they can send it to me. Then I can read it and it makes sense. But it's like I have to know what I'm reading before I go into reading it. I have to hear it first. And that's how it makes way more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This stuff yeah, is so, so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. What about the – um? So the different kinds of projectors. Did I miss that when my computer decided to not function? No, I didn't talk about that. Yeah, we're like the most diverse type inside of the human design types. Is that what you're talking about, the different kind of projectors? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so we have like the most diverse authorities because like we have the mental projectors and things like that. But we also have like three different projectors. So there's the classic projector, the mental projector, which um, Allison is and then the motor projectors. So classic projectors don't have any motors. It's like me, I just like have like three hours I can give to anything during a day. Um, Motor projectors have a little bit more energy, but motor projectors have to be really careful because, so there's three motor centers that like, they they give you energy. It's not like the sacral center, but they do have this kind of like energizing factor to them. And motor um, energy projectors can be really, conditioned to feel like they're more like generators or feel like they have way more energy than they actually do because of those motor centers. Yeah. So it's like you have to be even more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be even like more conscious about resting, more conscious about like deconditioning and clearing your energy out and like putting up separation roses around you and energy being so that you can be like, okay, this is my energized energy and I can feel when it runs out and this is not mine. This is what I'm picking up on. And then the mental projectors, y'all are just so open under, underneath the the head center there and you're just like you know you don't have any motors but you do have this like ability to like have like the thought processing that kind of gives you this like different flavor than a classic projector i feel very uh peopled out that's that's my thing it's yeah. like i'm like yeah i can give i can give everything i have but then, and then i need like a break you know and it can be all like joyous things like we can do we can do a podcast and then I can like go out to dinner with my friends and then I get home and I'm just like I'm done like it was all Mm -hmm. very joyous activities it was all small group where it was like I can actually connect with people like big groups are just very a lot even if it's a big group of all people I love it's just it's too much um but yeah then afterwards I'm like and I need to sleep for 14 hours (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you have like those defined, like, I think you have the defined Ajna and the defined throat, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, I'm sure you can be like deeply engaged and not actually like realize that your body is like, okay, we've got nothing left. You know, it's like, you can keep your energy probably up here in a lot of ways. And like your work is probably going to be to like start to bring more of your energy into your body so that you can be like even more clear, I guess, than you probably already are about like when 
when the mind is like just overworking the body because the body's had enough. <laughs> yeah. When I get to a point where I feel like I want to massage my brain, I'm like, uh-huh. it was probably too much. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. You went too far. <laughs> Chelsea, are you yeah. a motor projector? I am. I'm an energy projector. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I have the, I'm not going to, the, the bottom three. You, so you have the root, the spleen, the root, and, the oh spleen. yeah, and you have your uh, solar, not, not uh-huh, solar, my solar plexus, plexus. But yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have those three. Yeah, and then you're just open. So, so you guys are like a really good match for each other. You're like holding two ends of the pole. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was, I, like, I'm super interested in that part because I feel like the way that Allison and I interact together, being so similar in so many ways, so different in so many other ways and like the even just like the five one to the four six like she translates better with people who she doesn't know I don't like I'm it's lost right and like I know that about myself but I didn't know it until human design and then getting Allison to like understand hers and see and I'm like very interesting how this all plays out and like the ways that those personality lines have shaped within us and then within the projector itself. It's crazy. Yeah. I would like maybe next time when we chat, I can like put your charts together and see like, if you have any channels that connect with one another, so your single definition. So I would have to look at it, but like just to see like the interplay of you two, and then you could pull a chart even for your, your podcast, like the day that you recorded your podcast, like see what the design of your chart is, which with your podcast is, which would be really interesting. You do so many things. <laughs> what? That's awesome. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is awesome. Um, Eliana, thank you so much for your time today. I like. I feel like we could talk to you. This could. We could go straight Joe Rogan style and talk for like three hours on this one because this is awesome. Um, so we'll definitely have to have you back. Um, if people are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I have got to know more about Eliana, where can people find you? Yeah, my website is wellnessweaver.com, but I do a lot more on my Instagram, which is wellness underscore weaver. I'm really bad about sending out newsletters, but I'm really good about posting things on Instagram. So check there. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Yes. Find her on Instagram. She is wonderful. Yes. And and this was like, I already feel like I have a better and I feel like I've tried to do a lot of research on my own, but like I already feel number one, way better about the things that I didn't understand about my own design. Um, I'm not just floating in the wind, just waiting for people to manipulate me. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay, guys, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I appreciate the insights. And um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be scouring through all of your stuff like and what does this thing mean? Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so All right. cool. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming. It's been wonderful, truly. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Anybody who is listening, if you're thinking like, okay, I might want to know a little bit more about this whole human design thing, Jovian Archive is a great place to get a free chart. Um, Eliana gave some wonderful, wonderful resources to help you break down that chart that are free resources resources or minimal expense resources so that you can get a little bit more aware of your own human design. Use that to work for you instead of seeing it as an indication of what you have to be. And let's just continue to open our minds, feed our souls, and heal our bodies so that we can just elevate our entire community and live better lives. 
Thank you so much. We love you all, and I hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to be a part of this conversation. Definitely remember to follow Eliana on Instagram for more incredible content about how you can navigate through life in a way that resonates within your soul. You can find links to that and more in the show notes below. If you've enjoyed what you heard today, click to subscribe and find us on social media. Come along on this journey towards healing, enlightenment, and abundance. Until next time, this has been The Healing Art of Being You, sending you love and light.